Good morning and welcome to The Parent Page, the podcast where we bring all the crazy from your kid's college parent page offline and give you the straight story from inside the ivory tower of a college campus. I'm Leslie Zox. And I'm Mindy Horwitz. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. And it's May. It's May. It's crazy May. And actually, Mindy, you were very discreet when I walked through the door. You didn't point out the fact that I had tears literally streaming down my face (laughs) And um, I have, we've been rushing around trying to get set up this morning and the pollen situation oh, in our city. Our whole city's green. It's green. There's this green film all over everything. And um, I can't stop with the tears. And that's why. So oh. I feel like I have boulders in my eyeballs. But anyway. It's a strange morning. Also, my husband's gone for the day. Oh, he went to. <laughs> we he, can't function without Brad. We miss him. He and Ben went to plant trees. And to contribute to our pollen problem. True enough. Thank you. And I'm in charge of the dogs. The dogs. I'm not good. (laughs) Our two Portuguese water dogs. They're so sweet, but it's better when Brad's here to be in charge. That's true. So just please ignore them if they bark. We're going to have Kiwi and Blue in the background barking their heads off periodically. Well, Blue's an angel, so he doesn't bark. But Kiwi... (laughs) Little sister is wreaking <laughs> havoc. Hey, I'm a little sister. I, you know, that's what little <laughs> sisters do. Good for them. Um, anyway, so we have an exciting topic to talk about this morning, um, which I think we thought about uh, because it's come up on our parent page quite a bit, like all of our topics do. Um, but actually, this morning, um, I think it's really great timing because I had kind of a funny conversation with my kid this past week. Um, which dovetails with our topic, which we'll introduce later. But my son, who, as everybody probably knows at this point, is a um, student at our local university. And I think it's possible that things might have been, from a life perspective, a little too easy for my kid. So... (laughs) (laughs) Tell more. (laughs) Do tell. Say more words. Um, So he's been... um, struggling with a, a knee injury this year, not a big deal knee injury, just it's been twingy and he is um, a member of the running club. And uh, so he, like a big boy, got himself all set up with the student health services to go see a physical therapist for his knee. And he was very deliberate about wanting to do this. I had suggested to him a number of times that he could go see a doctor in the area. But no, he was going to go through the student health services like everybody else. Like a big boy. Like a big boy. And he solved it on his own. And he went to his physical therapy appointment. And he's been doing his physical therapy. And he called me last week aghast. Because he had received in the mail a bill. Oh. A bill. Oh. For medical services rendered <laughs> for this physical therapy appointment. A bill in the mail. A bill. And he was aghast. Can you imagine? That he had received a bill for, as I, I, mean, I don't know exactly how much the bill was for, but he described it as being many times... Uh, more than what he makes in a month at his campus job. (laughs) And how dare they send him a bill? The audacity of those. The audacity of the bill. And I said, well, what did you think was, we don't, we don't actually live in Canada, honey. We have to pay for our health care in this country. He said, I understand that, but I would have thought since I pursued getting 
my medical treatment through my university that the university was going they to should cover pay it. for it. They should absolutely cover <laughs> his knee. <laughs> and I was like, huh. okay. Um, at the end of the day, honey, who do you think pays all these bills and he's like i can't believe the university is not covering the cost of my physical therapy he's indignant he's he absolutely cannot believe it wow yeah so we had to have a little talk about health insurance and how this works education right there and i just realized you know uh, things have been always kind of handled for him right and so this was a big lesson now of course He's on our insurance plan and we're going to, you know, cover his medical bills because he's still technically dependent and that's the way we're doing things in our family. But um, I thought it was quite funny how that's he was like, a bill? <laughs> when did it come in the mail? I think he said it came in the mail. Well, good for him for opening it because I'll tell you when I go over to my son's apartment, (laughs) I see piles. I I have a picture of probably 10 bills that just don't get addressed. My son's roommate doesn't pay his rent ever on time. On time. It gets paid. I mean, they made it. They're done. They've made it through the year. But, and in fairness, the ceiling of his shower fell on him when he was taking a shower or so. Is this an off-campus apartment? It's an off-campus apartment. And and does not belong to the university. No. So I get daily reminders. Please, just a reminder that this per didn't pay. You know, has to pay. Yeah, I want to stay living here. I get it daily from the first of the month till about the tenth of the month, and then I think he usually pays around the tenth of the he month. He figures it out. But when I was over there after Josh's surgery, I went to get him settled in, and I saw a pile of bills unopened. It's scary. I had a friend at work once say to me, if you want to get me to ignore something, send it to me in the mail. Because I... (laughs) (laughs) And so I think, I mean, I know I'm susceptible to ignoring my mail, but uh, I think our our kids are ignoring their emails. There's too much coming at them. There's too much coming at them, but they they think, yeah, they think emails are relevant. So paper mail, I I, mean, that's just kindling for the the fire pit, right? I... Thank goodness for Brad. He handles the dogs. He also <laughs> opens the mail. And he usually and brings then he, his coffee. And, and then he's just not here today, Mindy. And then I'm he'll leave sure. me a little pile and say, this is a pile that you actually need to address, Mindy. Here, and with like a little post-it sign here. <laughs> address. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, I am so excited for our uh, today's episode. Yeah. Karen. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about finances for your new um, your new adults and how, as parents, we can encourage them to take more ownership and responsibility for their finances going into college, what parents should do to help facilitate that before they leave. Right. Um, some students, there's a lot of variability in the level of maturity that students have with regards to managing their finances. Some kids have been doing this for years. Others just never occurred to them. Um, so I think we're going to have a terrific guest on today to help us sort through some of that. Karen is on it. And in, in, in full disclosure, this is an area where I think I have not done as well as I, I should have. So I um, I have two more opportunities <laughs> to do it right. To do it right. So I'm looking forward to learning from Karen. I always learn from Karen. Poor and- Josh is the first pancake in the Horowitz family. <laughs> anyway, so when we come back from the break, we're going to introduce Karen 
and um, dig into this topic. I'm very excited to learn some pointers myself because I have an opportunity for a do-over as well. Right. Second child. Okay. See you after the break. Stay with us. Thanks. Okay, welcome back, parents, to the Parent Page Podcast. We're very excited to get into our topic of the week with our guest here in the podcasting basement of the Mindy Knows World Headquarters. This week's topic is going to focus on personal finance for new college students and what parents and students can do in working together to come up with a plan for the fall. We're very excited to have our new guest in with us this morning. Mindy, would you like to introduce? I would, I would. I, I am thrilled to have you here today. Karen, Karen Smoller, who I've known for a very long time, is a mom of one college graduate and one very, very soon to be college graduate. She's a CPA at a national accounting firm with over 30 years of experience. And Karen is the go-to person when her friends need help establishing budgets for their kids. As a mom that struggled with this very topic, I am super excited to learn with you today, Karen. So thank you. Thanks for coming here. I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you so much, Karen. We're very excited to have you. And in listening to your introduction from Mindy, my first question is, surely you must have screwed this up yourself, like straight out of the gate. Please tell us that even as a CPA, that you did this wrong. So can well, you share with us what your experience was like with your very first child? My, my first experience when Mindy asked me to do this was, how am I supposed to talk about budgets when I failed at helping my kids create Thank a budget? You. <laughs> Thank you for humanizing yourself right out of the gate. And, so in fact, and in fact, my husband said, you're talking about budget? How is that going to work? <laughs> However, as we say, do as I say, not as I do. Perfect. So having said that, if I were to rewind to six years ago when my daughter was getting ready to leave for college, I probably would have established much better uh, boundaries and guidelines of who is responsible for what expenses. Um, Most of our kids do try to have... uh, jobs over the summer, small babysitting jobs, whatever it is in preparation for college. And I think it's really important when your kids are getting ready to prepare over the summer before school is to help them establish um, a sit down with you and talk about what are the expectations and what can you, what are you going to be willing to help support your kids? There are certain families who basically say room and board and textbooks and school supplies will cover. Everything else is up to you. It could depend on where your child is going to school. Are they going to be in a big city where there's a lot of expectation of entertainment, travel costs uh, to get there? Um, they could be in a local in, in a local city where it's not going to cost as much. So there's a lot of considerations uh, to, to uh, think about. So when we talked about this leading up to this interview, we talked about calculating how much money a student is going to have. And that can come from um, parent might may provide it, they may have a job. You want to you help elaborate on calculating that? Well, first of all, as I said, if some kids are have, a, have had summer jobs or jobs through high school, they may have a certain amount socked away. 
that is going to be used for college expenses. But, you know, there could be kids that are coming in with loans. There might be kids that are on student loans that have to have, to have a, um, a work-study program. So that's going to help uh, provide, offset some of their other expenses as well. And then there are some families that say, your job is go to school, and we will, and therefore, we don't want you to work because you need to focus on the your academics solely. So, if um, you have to look at how much money you have coming in and sit down with your child and say, what are the expectations? What are the must-haves? And try to figure out how much money uh, you potentially can provide and how much they can provide and how much they're going to need. So let's sit down and talk about all the different types of expenses. So where do we start with that? How do we get the conversation started? I think basically you sit down and, and talk about a day in the life of, a, of your child. Perfect. And does your child enjoy Starbucks every morning? And when now Starbucks being $7 a, a cup, you're going to have to talk to your kid about what does this look like on a monthly basis? I'm not paying this anymore. <laughs> I'm not paying for Starbucks anymore. They have a meal card. Um, they may um, expect you to pay for extra clothing. I mean, there are certain things you need to sit down and say, look, we're going to go out. We're going to wardrobe you. We're going to give you everything that you need, and everything else is on yeah. you. Um, we could, You could say that you will provide anywhere from, say, $75 to $300 a month for incidentals. And this is going to be an ongoing conversation because you're going to have to start off with uh, maybe the first month, see how it goes. And if it, if it ends up that you get that call of, mom, I need money, then maybe you need to reevaluate it. Maybe that's the way that you start controlling it to make sure that your child calls you is you give them a small <laughs> amount of money and that way they have to call smart, you and ask you for smart. money. Or it could be that you provide them a debit card. You know, and there's different ways also that you can provide. You could put money onto a debit card and that way you can see all the expenses that they're incurring. And after the first month, you could sit back down and again and say, I see that you're spending this much on food. Maybe you need to spend less on food and and to kind of get a, an idea along in that budget right exactly and that could start over the summer where they're going out with friends at night yeah. um during the day lunches and just to kind of get them used to the idea that um the cre- just because they have a credit card doesn't mean that it's uh, unlimited spending there is somebody that has to pay it at the end so you- We've, we've heard the terms fixed costs and variable costs, correct? correct? Can you help us to understand what those may be and how this works into this? Sure. So there are certain costs that are un- non-negotiable. I mean, you're certainly going to have, um, depending on if are you living at um, in town where you have to, you have to drive to campus. Maybe you're living locally and you need to drive to campus. Do you need gas money? Are there certain costs? Um, your living expenses that you need to pay for Wi-Fi. Are you responsible for your cell phone? Things that you have to pay every month. So those would be the first expenses to start off with your, to figure out if you're starting off with $200 and you have to subtract those and see what you have left for disposable income, which would be then entertainment. Uh, it could be for um, Starbucks. It could be for your Starbucks. And but as I said, you, you really need to identify what are the costs that we are gonna that that you're going to have if you're at a large state school that have big clubs that have large fees incurred. Who's going expectation? Who's going to pay for that? I have had friends who have told their kids, if you want to be part of this club, 
you must pay for the fees. Right, um, right. And they have to work during the summer to to earn the money to pay for that. So right. I, every family is going to be different and have different expectations, and it's really about communication so that you don't have the unexpected uh, yeah. charges uh, that come up with. I remember um, coming to the realization when I was in college that um, – Greek life, for example, is very pricey. It costs a pretty significant chunk of change to pay those dues and the formal fees and things mm-hmm. like that. And um, realizing that it's a problematic situation because you have to be able to afford to do these things. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you're absolutely right that having a very upfront conversation between parent and child ahead of time and setting the expectations like everything we talk about on this podcast, it's about having a plan. Having a plan, yeah. correct. And Absolutely. and really understanding, um, letting your child know what they expect. And um, that that's the key is just to, to be, but having it open a little bit. If you're able to, if you're able to make adjustments through the first couple months, I think that's really helpful to your child as well to, to really start learning. Learn. Yeah. And, you know, you could get them a, a credit card, um, either with their name on it that's attached to you, or you know, even later on, try to get them a credit card with a very small balance, and let them start receiving the <clears throat> the statement that they're responsible for. And I think that's a big that's a big eye opener. Yeah, Mindy and I were talking before you joined us about um, the concept of bills arriving and how students react to those situations. Okay, so let's take a minute and talk a little bit more about the actual logistics of banking between parent and student. And in your case, I'm asking for your expertise, not just in terms of a, of a CPA and a money manager, but also your experience as a parent of college students, because things have changed quite a bit in the past few years. Um, I'm interested in knowing what you recommend, mm-hmm. um, based on your experience as a parent, that parents do to help manage the the money and the um, the logistics of managing the money, especially from a distance. Right. Your children Correct. go to school out of state. Correct. Right. So things obviously were very different for my daughter, where Venmo and some of these Zelle trans immediate transfers were not available back then. Um, now today, what I would suggest is. Number one, figure out uh, what works, what you think would work best with your child. Do they have a bank account already set up that they that you could put money directly into their checking account that they can utilize an ATM card? If they don't have a checking account that's easily accessible, certainly Venmo is an easy alternative as well, where parents will generally Venmo their child on the beginning of the month. They can also keep track uh, with both both uh, ways. You can look at a Venmo transaction for the month and see where their money is going. You could look at a bank account and see the distrib- the, what they've taken and distributed out to themselves. But here's the deal. When your kid, you have to get them in the mindset is just because they take $40 out of the bank, they need to understand where that $40 is going. So that's, that's what you have to help them understand 
figure out is just because you have cash doesn't mean it's there to spend. So they really do need to somehow keep track of either you as the parent keep track of their expenses by watching the bank account, watching a credit card, if you provide them with a credit card or the debit card, or watching the Venmo to kind of help guide them because this may be the first time they've ever been responsible to uh, for their own money. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me like sort of gone are the days where a student would arrive in a new college town and have to go physically to a bank to set up a bank account to be able to manage their money locally. And that's certainly still a perfectly viable thing to do, but it's not a hard and fast requirement. There are lots of options for doing this at a distance. Correct. Correct. Okay, so it sounds like gone are the days where a college student needs to physically go to a local bank and mm-hmm. set up a bank account. And they certainly can do that if mm-hmm. that's what they prefer. And some very independent students might prefer that. Um, but it's also still perfectly viable to do this all using electronic banking options. Correct. Correct. So it's very, very simple these days. Kids are very technologically savvy. You can set up the app. For the bank on their phone, you can have them set up a separate access just to their account. Um, in my case, my son has a checking account that I'm also listed on. I have an ability to transfer money on from my on my phone directly to his account. He can text me and say, "I have this extra expense that came up. Could you transfer seventy five dollars?" And I can immediately transfer it to him, and then he can do what he needs. Kids do not use checks. They, oh my gosh. there's no, there's really no need for checks my anymore. No Can't idea. and don't know how. Don't know they how. My kid wouldn't have the foggiest No, idea. exactly. And I would venture to guess it's very rare that they actually even go to an ATM to, yeah. um, to withdraw cash. Yeah. The, it's pretty much a cashless society for these kids. The only times that, um, that becomes somewhat complicated is if the grandparent sends them a birthday check. Oh. Um, it's they have to actually visit depositing, depositing checks tricky. is a little tricky if they yeah. do not have a if they don't have an app and they yeah. have to be able to. It's funny, my mom got Venmo just so she could send cash to her grandchildren. Oh, yeah, which was very sweet of her. My dad still wants to write a check for everything, and she's like, No, let me just Venmo. she's very modern. Yeah, so Karen, I just have I, my you know. You, obviously thought a lot about how you manage this with your kids and you don't have to you know reveal too much about your family dynamics certainly but I'm curious if you've ever just said sorry kid that was that's outside of the agreement I'm not paying for that thing you're asking me for Oh, all the time, <laughs> all the time. It's been, and parents should be perfectly comfortable. Be saying, perfectly. Yeah. I, usually, my response to that is, "You have money. <laughs> Go ahead. That sounds like a great thing to do. Like you have to bir- do you have birthday money. You have holiday oh my money. Gosh, you sound like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you do what you like with it, but you know there are certain things. But you do have to, and this is helping them. You're helping them gain independence and uh, become a little bit more money savvy. And it's fine. What I find so interesting is the minute you put it on your child to be responsible for it, the less they want to spend. That you that they say, oh, I really need this, or she would call me from a cute little boutique in her small town college town and say, "Mom, look at this great sweater that I found." And I said, "Yeah, that's so, so cute." cute. <laughs> I said, "You have birthday money." She's like, "Yeah, okay, maybe I'll think about it." So it puts things, it puts it onto them awesome. and helps yeah. them 
and that's what budgets would do for your kids is it helps them really figure out um and of course, every parent wants to say yes. To of course, everything. of course. Whether they can or they can't, every parent wants to be able to say yes. And well, your child is far away, and you yeah. want, and it's you feel like maybe this is a little bit of a connection towards them as well to try to say, oh, sure, go out and do something for yourself. But it's also you need to try to help them help themselves right. as well. It's such fantastic planning. I, I I haven't done it well, and now I have a student who's about to graduate. And we're just sort of catching up with all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I have a do-over with my other two to just get this the ball rolling on this sooner. I yeah. think these are... You know, what we did for my son, this, and he is also getting ready to graduate, and I wish I hadn't waited this long until senior year, but we finally did go to the, his bank and got him his own credit card right. in his own name. And I've been very impressed with his ability to make sure that he not only he has a very low low uh, credit limit so when he went on spring break and he put a lot onto his credit card he was very careful to make sure that he paid it off on time you know made sure that he paid it off early so that it wasn't uh, going to run into his limit and um, I do think that the more responsibility you give your kids the more they realize they can take care of it and I think sometimes we don't give them enough credit and then they don't they question themselves of if mom and dad don't trust me, maybe I'm not able to handle it. So the more responsibility you give them, the more likely they're going to really step up to the step up and uh, take responsibility. My son uh, and his friend, his best friend in high school decided that they were going to figure out which credit card they were going to get. They decided to research all the options. This was before they left for their freshman year last summer. They both decided on, for whatever reason, they both decided on the same credit card. And I came home one day after work, and my son was sitting at the dining room table. He had just received the physical credit card along with all of the user agreements, all in paper form. He had them completely spread out on the dining room table, and he was reading through it. Oh, my. Wow. The whole user agreement and all of the He may be the only person who's ever ever done that. And I, I just said, what are you doing? He said, well, isn't this what I'm supposed to do? Mm. And I was really conflicted because on one hand, I was like, dude, no. <laughs> but also, yeah, yeah. read the things that Good you would agree to. I mean, <clears throat> I can't honestly say I've ever read a single user agreement for anything I've ever agreed to, but... You know, that's that's great for him. Great practice, and (laughs) and good for him for being able to get a credit card because my daughter, honestly, um, some of her jobs that she's done, you know, when you babysit or you work for people who pay you cash, you don't establish credit. credit. And she, when she applied for her first credit card, she didn't get it. And so, and when you don't get, when you Rejection. apply, when you re- get rejected and when you apply and you don't get the credit card, it actually is on your credit rating that you, were rejected. That you so it, it becomes, it's a little bit more difficult yeah. to, to be able to, uh, continue to apply. You don't want to continue to apply, uh, for credit card after credit card. So, right. Um, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think touching briefly on what other things college students can do to really screw up their credit uh, is a good thing for parents to know about. Well, especially in our day when we were at school, do you remember they had the table set up yeah. for everybody to come by and get your credit card? Well, I think they say that on average, kids are graduating with a, like, or have an average $2,500 credit card balance. And because 
how easy is it just to hand over your credit card and pay and think that I'll take care of it later? Well, that's a really bad place to be to be at college graduation as you're getting ready to start hopefully your first job um, to already have debt. So it's really important if you do have a credit card to teach yourself how to make sure you take responsibility, only put on that card what you're able to pay off. And, And aren't there other ways they can screw up their credit too though? Like things with their... Uh, rent payments. Well, certainly if they're late in any of their payments or any of their bills, any of their bills, if they have, you know, if they're in college and and you move into an apartment and you have um, utility bills and think about now these days, the kids have cell phones. They have, my son has to pay for his own um, internet charges at his house. He has, they have gas, uh, they have trash that they have to pay for. And that's all in their name. All in their name. Mm-hmm. And um, and unfortunately, a lot of times, depending on where you live, some of these all, or who you rent from, sometimes all the utilities have to be in one person's name. Sometimes yeah. there has to be a guarantor. So you really do have to set up, because, set up expectations because if your child doesn't pay that bill on time, it could then affect your credit as the guarantor. As the guarantor, yeah, so I was say, who are the guarantors in this case? I guess and the parents, the parents generally, because yeah. if you don't have enough, if a child doesn't have credit to take to rent, somebody else is going to have to sign. And in my yeah. son's case, he is the We are the guarantor for the four people who live in his house. Mm-hmm. So they all Venmo me mm-hmm. the money for rent every month. I then put it into my son's account. And he physically pays the, the rent. I, I'm, I'm getting a, I feel like I'm getting some hives. I'm getting a little <laughs> nervous. We're getting some referred anxiety. <laughs> um, is there a, so I, I think that the, at the crux of all this is communication. I mean, absolutely. I, I, starting the conversation, maybe a spreadsheet or two. And certainly what's helpful is to, they, there are apps on the phones these days. Set your, that you can see how much you spend. Have your, have your kids spend a month and put into that app everything they spend. If they go to Starbucks, if they go to McDonald's, if they go out to lunch, if they go and buy batteries for something, have them start realizing that everything they do costs money and then they will start understanding that if even if they buy that $2.50 bottle of water that they must have, think about, I mean, most kids are much more sensitive to water bottles, but I don't think that they realize, you know, not so using cash, up. how much, how easily it adds up. And so if they want to go on to, there are plenty of different apps that keep track of that. That's great. And, um, and it could be that maybe the first semester you tell your kids, that we're going to have an experiment and see what they spend on and then sit down over winter break and go through the expenses and say, okay, you've sort of had a free for all the first semester. Now we're going to set you up for this amount each month. And you need to try to, uh, try to be within that budget. And, uh, maybe they are working over winter break to earn a little bit extra for spring break or something. Just, you know, constant, yeah, the constant tuning and fine tuning. Cause I think, um, you know, one of the recurring themes that we have on our podcast is 
how important it is for parent and child to plan. Absolutely. Um, but also, you what based on what you're describing is that college is actually an opportunity to continuously revise the plan mm-hmm. and experiment with the plan and to continue to teach them right. important financial lessons that they will then, when they graduate, not even fully appreciate how far they've come. Correct. But they will be totally um, different financial players um, at the end of four years than they are at the beginning. And I think college is a great opportunity for that ongoing partnership. Absolutely. Because after all, college is that sort of safe environment Mm -hmm. for them to learn so much so that when they come upon graduation, they are then ready to be fully launched. We don't want to wait until the graduation day to say, okay, now you're completely on your own. Right. Right. Good luck. Good. Yeah, exactly. So Karen, this is, this is wonderful advice. And, um, we really appreciate your sharing, um, what you know with us and, and our, our podcast. So thank you. Thank for, you so much. I'm sure our, um, parents appreciate some practical real life advice from someone who straddles both the money world, but also the college parent world. Yes. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. And, as this always, has been fun. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. And as always, the kids are, are fine. The kids are fine. They really are. Everything's fine. Everything is just fine. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. The Parent Page Podcast is hosted by Leslie Zachs and Mindy Horwitz with sound editing and production from Jeff Easton. Opinions expressed on the podcast are ours and those of our guests, and everyone is welcome to respectfully disagree. It's a podcast about parent pages after all, so that's definitely to be expected. To share comments, parent page stories, or topic suggestions, please email us at theparentpagepodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Parent Page Podcast. If you'd like to support us, please click the donate button at theparentpagepodcast.wordpress.com. That's theparentpagepodcast.wordpress.com. And remember, the kids are fine. Everything is fine.